What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of Playing the Field. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And before we start, I need to make sure I thank everybody who took time out of their busy schedules or maybe not so busy quarantine schedules, but who listened or downloaded or subscribed to the podcast last week. It got way more views, uh, way more clicks, I mean, than I ever really thought possible. And I truly appreciate the support more than you guys know. Um, I hope you keep enjoying what I'm putting out and I hope you keep listening. Um, I'm not doing this for any other reason aside from the fact that it's fun for me and I feel like I have a wealth of stories and friends and colleagues who have amazing stories too. I just want to put them out into the world for you guys. I want you guys to be able to listen to it and enjoy it and maybe learn something from it. So episode two um, is a really cool episode for me because I got a ch- I got a chance to sit down with one of my best friends, Jake Largay, um, who has an unbelievable story. To kick it off, we'll start talking about what it was like for Jake playing youth football in Massachusetts before he moved to Granby after his freshman year of high school and what it was like playing with me for three years at Granby High, some of our experiences with that. Uh, and then we're going to get into the real the meat of the conversation, which kind of goes into what it was like for Jake to be a Division One athlete which did not happen at Granby High School. That was not a thing that happened around here. What it was like for him to play at UMass with the Minutemen, and then ultimately what it was like for him to get his shot with the tryout with the Atlanta Falcons. So I hope you guys enjoy it. It's a really awesome story. And without any further ado, let's get into it with Jake. All right, guys, I'd like to welcome to the show a former teammate of mine, my former left tackle, one really, really great football player, and a better friend of mine, Jake Largay. Welcome on board, my man. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, so, Jake, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. We've, you know, When I told you I was starting this idea of a podcast, one of the first people that I wanted to have on was you. Um, you have a pretty unique story, something that not a ton of people you know, have had the opportunity to kind of endure. So I want to take all of our listeners through your football journey. And I feel like there's no better place to start than all the way back at the beginning. So take me how uh, through how it all began for you. So when did you first start playing football? Um, I think it started before I even actually started playing. Um, I remember when I was in like first and second grade, um, I used to go from my mom's house to my dad's house. And on my way back from my dad's house, um, we used to stop and get like Chinese takeout and, um, we'd stop at the, uh, the long metal football fields and we, I literally just used to sit there and like, I remember crying to my dad to let me play when I was like four or five years old, like, please let me play football. I looked so much fun. And, um, I just loved like the idea of like having a helmet and shoulder pads and like going to hit people and stuff. Um, that sounded kind of aggressive, but but like, Happens. and you know, you know, KK, yeah, you know, I, my mom, yep. she was like, no, hell no, uh, you're not no, playing. No shot. <laughs> and uh, so then third grade, I believe it was third grade. I started playing at Long Meadow. I think it was called Pee Wee. Yeah. Sounds and, about right. You know, I, I always loved sports. I actually played, I played hockey before that. And then um, that was actually my first love. I, I really, really loved hockey. A lot of people like 
don't know that, but um, I knew you played hockey. I just didn't. I didn't know that was a love at one yeah, point your, for you. Your facial expression right there just said it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I absolutely loved hockey. I I lived, breathed, and everything was just hockey for me. Yep. And then uh, I went from like football, hockey to baseball, and I hated baseball so much. It was just so boring and like so slow. So that I picked up lax lacrosse like my sophomore year when I came to Granby. So yeah, that so I feel like did Long Meadow have like divisions and stuff like for for youth because like I know here in Connecticut like I played in like the CTYFL so it was like you could start man Connor started before me Connor my little brother but I I think he started around like second or third grade and then I didn't start till like fourth or fifth grade I think it was but I don't know so you uh, Massachusetts does it like. I, I don't know if they still do it, but when I played, you could only start at like third grade. Okay. And I know in Pop Warner, there's a certain like weight limit. Yeah. I believe that you can, that you're like cut off. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had weight limits and stuff too. So, no, we didn't have that. Oh. So ours was like, our weight limit was only if you could be like in the backfield, like off the line. Yeah. So if you were over the weight limit, you could only be on the offensive line. Dang. So, oh, my, so you were on the line. Yeah, right? no, yeah. my whole entire life. I was literally just straight like on the line. Yeah. And uh, I mean, which kind of sucked because I always wanted obviously to like do something other than play on the line. But like, I, yeah, I was always, I was always over. I think I was over the eighth grade limit when I was in fourth grade. So for those of you guys who don't know Jake, uh, for anyone who's listening, Jake is a, a very large human being. I don't know. What are you at? Like six, six right now or something? Yeah, six six about that. my god and then we'll get into this but when you were in college like what what was your playing weight in college because you had to be i mean i mean playing weight in college is like, at my heaviest which i'm not proud of was <laughs> it was probably around 338 so i was a, I was a big boy but so, damn boy yeah, i mean when i was when i was like playing playing i was managing around like 320 that was okay. like healthy weight just because like yeah um we were a big line like overall but I mean, 320, I felt most comfortable as, and I, I moved the best. At least that's what my coaches say. So Yeah. All right. Now, I remember we had a weight limit when I played, too, and I was a big boy growing up. Like, I was I was <laughs> I not, not, <laughs> not slim. And, you know, I didn't play quarterback right away when I started playing youth football. I played, like, tackle, and then I played tight end for a while. I played defensive end because I was big. I was fat. Yeah. I was like, yeah. you're not going to give this kid a ball and tell him to throw it. Mm-hmm. Um, so – we had weight limits and all that stuff. And I remember there was one year for me where all my friends were like the half my weight. And they're like, Kurt, you have to get bumped up a division because you weigh so much. So <laughs> I, took a, I took a year off and I was like, I'm not doing that. But um, all right. So that's that's kind of how it all started for you. But I want to talk about high school a little bit. Um, so you transferred from a powerhouse high school in Massachusetts. And then you come to Granby High in your sophomore year of high school, correct? Yes. So you come to Granby High, and the year before that was Granby's first ever varsity season. So it was my freshman year uh, at Granby in 2010, and the football team in their first inaugural season of varsity football didn't win a game. We went 0-10. You know, just being in a game felt like a, being in a competitive game felt like a moral victory. I don't really believe in a ton of moral victories, but it, that's, that's basically all we could go off of that first year. So what was it like to make a switch to go from a town like Longmeadow in Mass that, you know, is consistently in Super Bowls every year for Massachusetts and then coming to this little, this little no-name startup football program in Granby, Connecticut? 
Um, well, I remember in, in Long Meadow, like growing up my entire life, I had obviously watched them. Like Long Meadow was a football town. And like anybody that like went there, I, I don't know about anymore as much, but growing up in like the early 2000s, like 2000, before 2010, it was insane. Like everyone was at the Long Meadow Friday night football games. And they literally went um, 51 and 0 four years in a row with uh, coach Roscoe and he was a, he was just a genius. Like he won, he won eight state championships there. Um, and I remember my freshman year when I started at Longmeadow, um, I was, I was only on the freshman team cause like they were that good where they had freshman JV and varsity. And Do you know how many guys you had on your, like, I know you talk about freshman JV and varsity. Do you have? Do you know how many people like were on like in the program from a player standpoint? If I if I had to guess, I'd guess anywhere between I don't know eighty to ninety. Yeah, that might be that might be an overshot. But like when I was young, like I was just like, whoa, there's so many people. Yeah, just there. to put it in perspective for everybody, like so Jake goes from this you know this program with all those numbers of kids to I don't know if we were getting like fifty kids in Granby, it was considered a miracle, and it. We didn't, kids. yeah. By the end, man, yeah. But at the beginning, I feel like there were good numbers at the beginning. I think people were excited about it, even despite record and stuff. Um, so we we had, I don't know, let's just call it fifty. But we didn't have a freshman team. Uh, we had played two years of JV prior to that. I remember when I was in middle school, going to the the, the Granby football games, and there was two years where it was a JV pro program before it became varsity. But from a pure number standpoint, it's tough to have a program. I mean. A lot of the teams Granby football plays now are dealing with the same thing. It's just from a pure number standpoint, playing in like a smaller school in Connecticut, it's tough to it's tough to get the numbers that you need or you want to to be able to form a formidable formidable program. So that's just that's crazy to me that you had you know even if it's not eighty or ninety, just the fact that you're sniffing around that number is crazy to me. I mean, yeah, like Long Meadow, my freshman year, we won a state championship. So that like bring it back to like the transition from from Longmeadow to Granby like I remember like Steve Blake my cousin um who I mean we all played with he was like he was like you know why don't you come play for us and I was like I don't know like I really I really liked football and I knew that I wanted to like you know play varsity football at Longmeadow cuz I wanted to win a state championship I wanted like the whole football like aspect and I just remember one day, like, right after we won the state championship, actually, I was just like, you know what? I kind of want to, like, go see what it's about. So I came and uh, I remember I shadowed my cousin at Granby. And after there, it was just, like, downhill. We ended up just moving, like, out to Granby. And I just I just walking onto the field the first time I saw, like, 20 kids out there and I just remember kids didn't even know how to get in their three point stance. Yeah, it was the, it was that it was that bad. It was Schmutz and yeah, and, Coach and, Schmutz. and Luca and I just remember, I just oh remember looking God. over at them and like just thinking like, what like what the hell is this? what did I just like, I, do? Yeah, I don't. I, I was I was so confused. I was like, oh my god. Well, let like, me let me flip that around for you for a second. So my scrawny ass is standing out in the middle of Aaron's Park, and I see you get out of a car, and I'm like, who the hell is this kid? Like I like. They don't, we, they don't make people just big around here. And I remember walking over to Steve, and Steve and I weren't, like, that close at the time. You know, Steve's obviously one of our best buddies now, but, like, I remember going over to Steve. I was like, who's that? Like, That's my cousin. I'm like, oh. 
I figured you're just there to watch practice or something. He's like, he's your new tackle. I'm like, <laughs> like, haha, Steve, like <laughs> funny guy over here. He's like, no, really. And I, I, I can't. I remember coming home, and being like, I almost cried to my parents. I was like, "Mom, Dad, there's someone who's gonna protect me." And I was like, I was giddy about it. Um, so, so yeah, we go zero and ten our freshman year, or my freshman year. Jake comes to town, and then that was the year we got our first ever win in our program. We went two and eight that year. We didn't. I mean, again, two and eight. Not a super impressive record, but at the time, it felt awesome. We won our Thanksgiving Day game versus Canton. We won uh, Windsor Locks. We beat the one. We beat Windsor Locks. I remember that because I was going to say that game felt better than the state champ. I didn't play in the state championship long at all. I left that little part out, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't even play. I mean, it was still like really cool. Like I could have got a ring, but I figured I was just going to get another one, so I didn't get a ring. <laughs> but I just remember like. After that win against Windsor Lock, we played on a soccer field that didn't even have goal we posts. Went, we played at Suffield High, yep. and they brought out those portable like goal posts. Yeah. Did they? Oh, they, I, they, I didn't even realize Yeah, they were like attached to like, the soccer nets. No they one were, used them, though. No. Both teams were so bad, we didn't have a kicker. <laughs> we were like, we'll just go for two. But yeah, and no, that game was crazy because... That, I, that felt better than winning a state championship. Yeah, I, yeah it to did. Me, well, I, I don't, actually, played. I didn't ever come close to winning a state championship in football but i just feel like in 2013 yes we did talk about that (laughs) in the first podcast (laughs) um but yeah that game was wild i I don't remember the final 13 to 12 we beat windsor locks with like one point and you know line stand the goal line stand i two fourth downs right yeah no there was like a flag or something i don't remember what was the running back's name tristan collie who was phenomenal brother phenomenal yeah Yeah, the collie brothers were phenomenal and that great windsor locks ran they were, the offense is kind of kind of weird, but they these two running backs were phenomenal, and our defense stood up well up by a point late in the game, um, of four tries from the goal line. People call it like the stand. It's known as the stand around yeah. these parts. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's like four people that know about it. <laughs> yeah, four, yeah, seriously. Like a cow in the middle of town. Yeah, but no, I know what you're saying. So, you know, two and eight our sophomore year. Then we go to our junior year, and a lot. And Jake and I have a lot of like a, our friend group is primarily a year older, so we, a lot of our best friends played in that class above us, and we ended up going four and six our junior year. Um, so slowly, we were kind of taking these incremental steps to try to get to a place that we we wanted to get to, um, and then senior year rolls around. Uh, Jake and I were lucky enough to be captains together, um, and senior year we got off to a terrible start. We started 0-3. We lost to Enfield. We lost to Gilbert. I think it was Gilbert. And we lost to Hyde. Oh, my gosh. That Hyde game. Oh, my God. That Hyde game. Yeah. Hyde. So, Dom Fagano. Rest oh, in peace. Oh, poor guy. I know. Okay, I, I We talked about that game. Dom was a so- Dom Pagano was one of my brother's best friends. And they, they were sophomores. And that class got kind of thrown right into the fire because I don't, I don't care. I know you don't. Okay. They got thrown. Dom, right. If you're listening to this, I still haven't forgiven you. For that. <laughs> I, I have Dom. So <laughs> I think that game kind of flipped, like kind of changed a lot of people's perspectives. We were, Oh, we, so let me back up. We lose to Hyde. Hyde was this really dominant program at Connecticut. Like Hyde, you, if you heard Hyde, you knew football. Um, you heard Granby. You certainly didn't think football. Um, so we're starting 0 and 2. They're 2 and 0. They come up to Granby. They just won a state championship. That, right? Yeah, like either the year or Second, the year, yeah. runner up. Yeah, something this, happened. Yeah. They were they were fantastic. And you know, we went to overtime 0-0. Zero, zero. 
so your boy did great on offense over here putting up zero points but um we yeah jake we actually changed our offense <laughs> the week like that week and we put jake and my and our buddy john who were both of our starting tackles and we moved them to the backfield and they ran the ball and they i mean it worked in the hide game they beat hide up they they would they were well, think about it. Jake's six six, probably at the time. What were you like two seventy? Yeah, yeah. Probably. I'm not trying to tackle that. So <laughs> it's zero zero going into overtime. Uh, and then uh, for those of you who don't know the rules in high school, it's like you each get a chance from like the ten yard line. So Hyde went first. They scored a touchdown, but they went for a two point conversion and they didn't get it. So all we had to do was you know score a touchdown, kick the point. Who we, we I don't know if we missed an extra point all year. We had a kicker at that time. So our first play, first and goal on the ten. Down six nothing overtime. We get a nine yard run, and we're like, okay, like we're in business. Like we are in business. So second down, we needed one yard, and you know, Dom re- reaches for the goal line, and no, 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 no you're, can... mi- you're missing a lot. You're missing a, a big portion of that. Tell him about the call. <laughs> so the call was like a, like kind of like an outside handoff, which was kind of I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm talking what Rich told you. When, oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go back. So Rich was our coach, and Rich goes like, he said something to me where it's like, he's like biggest play of your life or something, or biggest sneak of your life. And I was like, well, the call was an outside run, but are you telling me to like to sneak it? And then I get into the huddle and I call the, I call the play that we had. And Jake looks at me, he goes, no. He's like, give me the ball. And I look at him, I'm like, dude, if we don't get it, next play. Like, next play, I got you. There was so, no next play. There was no next play. Poor Dom. I mean, I... Poor kid. But but seriously, we think about that progression. So that happens to Dom. A lot of people, that there was a lot of pressure on those sophomores. He could have packed it in. He could have folded. And then he came back and he, like, on offense, at the end of the year, he won us the Canton game. Yeah, like he put it was cold, it was raining. That kid was a trooper. That man. kid he was, was a, a yeah, war daddy. Yeah, he was a war daddy. Um, <laughs> I couldn't. It was so cold in that Canton game. I played like crap. Dom put put the offense on his back and followed his line and and won us a Canton game. But speaking of that, so we start zero and three, and we're like, you know, from a goals perspective, I think speaking for myself, I wanted to be a part of the class that left Granby with the first ever winning season. So we're sitting at we had eleven games senior year. So we're sitting at five and five after ten games with Canton coming in, who was like our rival. And Canton went Canton seven and three. They win the game. They go to the playoffs. And nobody nobody expected us to win. Everyone kind of counted us out. It was the worst weather I ever played in. It was like sleet, snow, wind. It was it, disgusting. It, they we had twenty one unanswered points in the half, right? We were down fourteen or thirteen nothing. So it was night. We were no, we were down. Okay. And we scored right before the half. We went on a two-minute drill and we oh, scored. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then we scored coming out of the coming out in the second half, and we ended up beating them. Um, and that for me, I know I won a state championship in high school, but like being a part of that and upsetting Canton and being a part of Granby's first ever winning season was so rewarding. And it felt like you know we we were accomplishing something from a program standpoint that was really awesome we're, we're kind of getting to where we wanted to be um so jake let me talk about like senior year for you because senior year for you was a little bit unique in the fact that granby didn't really have we had people who went on to college to play football but they didn't really get the opportunity to play college football in the sense that you did so obviously i remember we went to camps together in the summers um 
to you know recruiting camps and stuff. We went to one up in Dean College together. Um, but let, talk to me about what it was like to be be a recruit because it didn't happen in Granby very I mean, before you it, it didn't happen. Yeah, we had some kids who went D three and stuff, but it really didn't happen like you. So take me through the recruiting process, the camps, highlight tapes you might have had to make, reaching out to coaches, all that good stuff. Well, I mean, first like it was insane. Um, I rem- like like you said there wasn't there wasn't that many people from Granby, and I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but like I was just. <clears throat> I was getting letters like from every school that I could think of that was within a hundred mile radius. D three, D two, couple other D ones. I mean, once you get one letter from a D one team, you, they all start coming. You start getting a lot more. I got I don't know from a a bunch of no, big you got, schools. I'll, he won't toot his own horn. I'll toot it for him. He got some crazy crazy letters. I remember you. I was at your house one day, and you're like, "Check this out!" And it was a letter from Iowa, like <laughs> Iowa, and I was like. Are you kidding? Like I, I remember I opened the the Michigan letter in in school and I thought I, I was like I was running around like oh my god I can't but like what the heck like yeah. what is going on like what this has got to be like a mistake and it was from Harbaugh cuz yeah. he was the coach oh at the time. Oh my god, I and, forgot about that. And I was that. like this is this is insane. It was and, surreal. Um I just I, I don't know, it was just I got to shout out Steve though. Cause Steve made my entire highlight team. Out of boy, Steve. I didn't know how to do that, so I was just like, "Yo, Steve, can you make this for me?" He made me a, a killer highlight tape, tape, and I still to this day like every once once in a while I'll go back and relive the glory days and go watch it. But, nothing like high school football. Uh, nothing like it. But uh, yeah, no, I I just remember the first coach was Coach Jones from CCSU. He came in, he talked to me, and. I mean, like you said, Granby wasn't used to have having people like recruited like that. So when there was coaches that would just come into my school and be like, "We need to see Jake Larger. We want to talk to him." The teachers would be mad, and they'd be like, "No, he can't miss class." And it was like, you don't realize like there's bigger things than high school, uh, like anatomy. Yeah, high that school I'm in geometry. Right now. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna be. You know what I mean? And um, so I just I just remember my senior year when I was applying for schools. I literally applied for one school, and it was UMass. And I remember not throwing shots at her or whatever, but my guidance counselor, I won't say the name, but I just remember being in there and uh, like, she's asking me who I'm going to apply for. I said, UMass. If anybody out there like knows me well, my grades are not (laughs) my strong suit (laughs) in life. So she was like, she kind of looked at me and she was just like, uh, yeah, all right. Well, let's, let's look at community college first. (laughs) And I was like, uh, no, I'm going to apply get it. for UMass. Yeah, you don't get it. And I was just like, like this is the only school I'm applying to. And she's like, you're going to put all your eggs in. Like, why don't why don't we go for another one? And I was like, no, like, I'm going there to play football. And she's like, oh, well, they're they're D1. Are you are you sure about that? Like, And I was like, no, like, I talked to the coach. And she's like, oh, you're going to play? And I was like, no, I got a full ride scholarship to play. <laughs> like, I'm going to UMass. Like, yeah. what do you – stop. You know what I mean? And she was just like, oh, like, kind of taken aback. And there was just like – well, yeah, it did. It guys, it didn't happen for football. It did not happen in Granby where people. I mean, I mean, we had the soccer programs in Granby and the field hockey programs were phenomenal, and they got a lot of attention um, regionally, nationally, whatever you want to call it. But like, football got nothing. So for a guidance counselor to sit there and hear a football players going to play Division One on a full ride, they're probably like, "All right, like, am I being punked?" Because it just didn't happen. And then my my recruiting coach came in and. 
literally started screaming at her. My recruiting coach from UMass was literally banned from Grandy because he didn't understand that like I had went to two schools and my my credits matched up with each other basically. Yep. And she like they were like I remember them calling my mom and they were like, Yeah, he's not allowed in here unless you're here. He's he's here and the principal's in the room with him. And I was just like, all right, like this oh is just, God. you guys are just making this so difficult. Like these guys want to give me a full ride scholarship. Like I'm going to school for free. Like help me out. <laughs> so Steve makes your highlight tape. Um, you get offers to play at, a, at some different schools. You ultimately choose UMass. Did you meet, did you, how did UMass first kind of stumble upon to you? Did it was like, was it that thing where one D one school offered you like CCSU or something? And then UMass offered did they, you the Dean camp. Did you meet them at a camp? Yeah. Well, so I went to the CCSU camp and there was a couple extra coaches there. I don't know who was. Yep. And I remember hearing someone say like, there's a couple big schools here and big schools at CCSU is UMass and stuff like that. Cause they had just went D one a. Right. And I remember I was at the CCSU camp with my dad and usually we had all went from Granby cause the past couple years before that we had all gone as like a group of kids and I went by myself and my dad was sitting there and I just looked up at him and he, he just had his arms folded and he was smiling. And I guess the coach had just come down and said to him like, Hey, we're going to come talk to your son, like be up here in five minutes. The coach came up to me after 15 minutes of being at the camp, brought me up to his office, offered me a scholarship and then told me to go home. And I just remember all the way, like riding home, my dad was like crying. Like it was, it was really cool. And then I went to the gene, the Dean junior college camp yep. about a, I don't know, a couple weeks after that. Mm-hmm. And I did, you were there Yep. and I did the, uh, the lineman challenge thing. Oh, it was you like kicked a, everyone's ass. The, the one-on-one, there's like a picture of like me just swimming a kid. Yeah, you man, you remember it was, it was like the end of camp. Like we're like, I guess the last thing, all the seven on seven sessions are over. All the skill players are done with their stuff. And everyone is circled around the linemen. Like, we're just watching the hogs go to work. And I remember you kept moving moving from round to round to round. You were, you were manhandling people. And all these college coaches were going just like the hype beasts on the side. We're just kind of going crazy. But, wow, I, like, didn't really remember that. I Well, the thing was is I remember, like, all the coaches were like, dude, like, I loved defense. I wanted to play D-line. All the coaches were like, you're not going to play D-line. Like, get on the O-line. So they made me stay on the O-line side. And then once we got to the once we got to the later rounds, the coaches were like, all right, like, you get to choose. And this this kid that I, like, had faced before, he was like, oh, like, I choose offense because he's going to be terrible at defense. And I just – like, the kid didn't get out of his stance, and I went around him, yeah. and there was a picture of me, like, running towards the bag. And one of the coaches, like, jaw was, like, on the floor <laughs> – <laughs> and right after, right after I tackled the bag, that, that was when I like that was won it. the yeah, thing. Yeah, you won the lineman. I thing. literally stood up and shook a UMass coach's hand. It was Coach Waldron, who now is he he coaches for the Rams. No, and, no, no big deal. <laughs> no, I mean no, that's he's sick. like he's like he was the recruiting coordinator. He literally like he stood up or I stood up and I just he was like hi I'm Coach Waldron UMass and I was like I shook his hand I was like nice to meet you and he was like hey you know. Uh, What's your contact information? La da da. Yeah. A couple weeks later, I was at a, a UMass like non-official visit or yep. unofficial yep. visit as a junior. Yep. Or as like a senior going into senior year over the summer, and I I went up up the stairs 
to the to the coach's office and the coach was like you know i sat there for about 20 minutes and it was like with my mom my dad yep. and i think my stepmom at the time and i was just sitting there and i was like really nervous i didn't know what was gonna happen we're sitting there and the coach is he's a really intense guy and this was the coach before it wasn't whip it wasn't whip this right. was this was molnar and oh yeah, yeah, yeah yep yep and so he goes he goes jake we really like uh what we see out of you we like your highlight tape blah 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 we're going to offer you four at scholarship. And I literally, I was like, I looked at my dad and my mom and I was like, what do I do? Like, what, what do you mean? And he's mom. like, I was like, well, um, and my dad literally was like, why don't, why don't we think on it? And I was like, uh, and the coach was like, well, here's the thing. We're going to, we're going to pull it unless you make a decision right now. Oh, and I was oh, like, they're bargaining. They, but the thing is, is I don't, I'm not totally sure on how the rules are i don't think you're allowed to do that at I, all. I don't know i don't think that's like legal in the ncaa that seems shady to me like it i was. feel that seems it a was. little shady like if you're gonna offer me a scholarship you of, of that magnitude you obviously want me so i don't know if they were playing hardball with you they probably like oh this kid has no idea like yeah. how it, how it works yeah. so they probably took advantage i was i was i just remember i was thinking one of or no no one i was thinking two things and i was just thinking I want to be close to home because obviously I'm a big mama's boy. Mama's boy. <laughs> and I had grown up being around UMass and I loved, you know, Granby. We had been a part of growing a program and molding yep. a program. So I liked the idea of like UMass being new and like being a part of growing a big program. They just got a brand new facility. Yeah. Brand new turf field. Like Damn, everything. I didn't even think about that, like growing a program because you did. Like you were a huge staple in the fact that. Granby's program has flourished to kind of what it is today, and I wow, I didn't think about that. But yeah, you same same type of thing at UMass. It went not me, but not just being you. part of it. <laughs> I know, no, but you know, give yourself a little more credit. But so, um, so now you're at UMass, and well, I'm gonna go back for one sec. If you're a kid, because you've been through the process of being heavily recruited by coaches and stuff, would you? What would you suggest for players who are trying to get? trying to be recruited by coaches. Do you suggest highlight tapes? Do you suggest camps? Do you suggest reaching out to coaches? What what would you do if you're trying to get looked at? Don't go to UConn. Oh, dude, relax. <laughs> they UC never recruited me. I'm still so tired UConn about that. did you dirty, though. So dirty. But when Coach Diaco, it's funny because I'm a, I'm a Husky, as we talked about in the first episode. Jake is not a Husky fan. But he UConn did him dirty. You talk about... We, we mentioned he's getting looked at by all these colleges, D1, Iowa, Michigan, CCSU, UMass. All these, all these colleges are reaching out to Jake. And his home state, UConn will not recruit the damn One kid. One of seven kids. Yeah, will not recruit the damn kid. And Coach Diaco just wanted – I mean, he's kind of seemed like a, he was missing a few screws. And he was like, no, nah, I'm I'm not recruiting anybody from Connecticut. And I'm, I feel like that's so dumb. you got to bring the people home. You bring them home if they if they play in the state. Bring them home. They well, you should you should be a kid in if you're a kid in Connecticut and your aspiration is to play D one football. You should be like, damn it, like I want to play at UConn. I, I wanna, did. I, I wanted to so I bad. I remember us going into games and Kurt, you'd be like, I can see you playing here. I didn't believe it because yeah. I just was like, you know, I'm a small kid from Granby, but like yeah. Kurt used to be like, you know, I can see you playing here and like th those kids like Ar what was his name? Arkel Newsom. Arkel Newsom. Arkel yep. Newsom. Um. The kid from Boston, I played him. What's oh, crap? What was his name? He's in the NFL now. He got drafted in like the second round last year. Damn. Um, he's from Connecticut too, and like 
I just didn't even get a a, a letter or an email from like the coaches. No there. recognition. So no, mad. Not even. Yeah. So mad. That, no. That, and that, that's why when we played them my senior year at UConn, yeah. I was that was the most glorious thing ever was beating UConn in my home state. On in their, front of all own, 35 fans. Yeah, 35. That was the worst game. <laughs> the weather was oh so God. bad. The weather, fellas, the weather was bad. If I wasn't playing, I would have left. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> that was, that we, wrote, was we, we wrote it out. Booze and booze and hot chocolate and coffee <laughs> made it made that possible. But, okay, aside from your UConn bias, what would you do? Would you camps? Uh, what would you? The camp, the camps are definitely a huge. You, you have to go to the right camps, though. That's the thing is. When, when we were, you know, going through, like, that whole process in, in, in high school, we didn't we didn't really, like, Granby wasn't big in football, so no one could tell us, like, go to this camp, like, go to this camp. Like, right. My dad was like, oh, go to the NFL offensive lineman camp. Those are those are money money grabbers. Those are, you get to, he might show up to this camp, and you might get Is to meet like him. Is that, like, the showcase thing? Like, those showcases? The showcases are good. Okay. The camps, the, like, the NFL camps, those those don't. You want to go to a college camp if you want to actually gotcha. get recruited. Gotcha. Um, so, we went, I mean, we went to a couple small ones. The Dean Junior College one was for kids from towns like us. I liked – I loved the Dean camp. Yeah, I, it was that's great. Where I, that's was where great. I – when I was, you know, really considering playing, I got an offer. I had a couple offers to go to a uh, to go to a private school and stuff, but that's where I met a lot of the coaches who talked to me throughout the process. Um I couldn't recommend that camp enough. I don't know if they still do it, the Dean Junior College camp, but I think I, I agree with you. You know, camps, like you said, the right camps can, yeah. can help you a lot yeah. if you're trying to take that next step. And I feel like highlight tapes now, you guys don't understand, you athletes in high school don't understand how lucky you are. The fact that you have these software programs like Huddle that you can break down film and stuff because I'm not saying this is why we sucked at Granby freshman and sophomore year, but we didn't have film. We we had no film on like Granby CT like or public television whatever it's called like would come and film from on the field and we would like watch that tape but you anyone who plays football knows you can't see anything from sideline from film when you're on the sideline so take advantage of those huddle tapes like make a good highlight tape don't make a 15 minute highlight tape no coach is gonna want to see that five minutes make a five minute highlight tape showing all the things that you can do. If you play both ways, show an offensive clip, show a defensive clip, show a special teams clip, and then just show the best of the best. They don't want to see, they don't want to see a, a, a lame tackle on second and eight. Like show them, show them the good stuff. So make sure you put all the good stuff right in the beginning too. Yep, grab their like, attention. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, as far as like the the emails and stuff, emailing yep. coaches. I, it was so long ago. I don't really remember like what I was doing. I I would say right now, if they want you, they're gonna find you. Like, yeah. it, it happened to me. You know what I mean? Like, right. I didn't – my junior year, I was like, all right, maybe I'll play D3. Maybe I'm okay enough to play D3 college in football. And, like, if they're good – if you're good enough, they'll find you. So, like, emailing and all that stuff, like Twitter. Like, you'll see coaches posting on Twitter, like, all, the time. all athletes email me and DM. Like, that's that's just a bunch of hoorah. Like, they just – they want, right. you know. Well, no, social media is so big now. I'm – I'm a Twitter fiend. Like everyone who, all my friends are like, Kurt, get off Twitter. Um, it's where I get all my news. It's where I follow all my Patriots people. But I, I do follow a lot of like coaches and stuff. And um, I always see kids tweeting at them like, hey, coach, here's my huddle tape and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, I hear I, you. To, to me, it's just, it is what it is. But. Yep. All right. So now we'll, we'll get back into it. So now you're at UMass freshman year and you get redshirted. Was that your choice? Was that your coach's choice? How did that work? No. I mean, I was. 
I was just, I just wasn't good enough. I mean, it just, it was just plain and simple. Like I, I, I went there playing D line. I was six six, two hundred and seventy five pounds, and they were just like, you know, I just, I just wasn't a defensive lineman. I was like basically too big and too awkward to like know how to use my body as a D lineman. Like you just had to be more explosive and like come off lower off the ball. And so they they redshirted me. My the whole first camp though, oh my god! Like you would like it was insane. Like I just remember being thrown into it. Our plays at Granby were like red to the right, <laughs> blue to the left, and like and like you know in my freshman year I'm learning like long stick, short stick, you know stunts and all, and I'm like what is a long stick what is a short stick like right. do you want me to grab like a branch <laughs> off the tree or something like I, I was so confused and uh, like the coach was like you know we, our first game was against BC that year and the coach was like you're gonna it was it was actually coach Salazzo he coaches in CT now but he was a D-line coach at Maryland for like 20 years or something yep. he was a he played at the Citadel so he was like a you oh, know, yeah. drill oh, yeah. sergeant kind of guy, and his voice was just gnarly, and he was just like, "You're gonna be playing on against BC the first game, Largay." Like, let it, and I was just like, "Okay, like I don't know what I'm doing, so you go ahead and put me out there." And I remember the third day of camp, he's going, "I didn't know where I'm. I didn't know which way he's going." He's like, "They, they called like some some play, and I went the wrong way. I, it was just like in 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 like practice, like going against like the shoots or something." And like going against a bag, I went the wrong way. And he goes, "Hey, seventy nine. And I go, "Yes, coach." And he goes, "Are you on scholarship?" And I was like, "Yeah, coach. You recruited me." And he goes, "You're stealing from this university." Oh, and I was like, my "God!" Like here I am, eighteen year old kid getting thrown into the wolf pit. Like I was just like, "Are you kidding? Like what?" <laughs> I was like, I was so confused, and. I mean, so that, they made the decision. Like, yeah, all right, this kid. Like three weeks after that. Well, though. think about it though. You're raw. Like you were raw coming oh, out of yeah. Granby and stuff. I was like, damn. Watching you end up playing high, in college, I was like, he was good in high school, but like, he got the coaching he needed, and like, look what happened with this kid. Yeah. So, so, so I mean, it, like three weeks, I went through the whole camp, taking all the. I think it was like twos and threes reps, which is like, it's it was a lot for like just coming in not knowing anything. Right. And. The week before, I'm, like, calling my mom and call my dad. Like, they're saying I'm going to play. Like, I'm not going to redshirt. Like, blah, blah, blah. The week before, the coach goes, yeah, so we're going to put you on redshirt. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, here's all these other kids, like, not taking any reps, like, not doing anything. Like, and, like, mind you, like, I was on scholarship. These kids were too. So, like, right. they just were, like, sitting there. And I was just getting my ass handed to me day in, day out, not knowing. And, obviously, they were testing me. But I, I had no clue. What I was doing. So I'm going to be straight with you for a second. You talk about, like, you might not have been the best, like, in terms of your grades academically and stuff. When I heard you were getting redshirted, I was like, oh, no. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be good for him. I was like, I don't know if he's going to make it through. I figure just want to check out. But you stuck through. You made it. And it ended up working out really, really well for you. So you get redshirted freshman year. And then you start your your. What, how do you call it? Like your red shirt? Red shirt freshman red year. Sh- so yeah. your, True your freshman sophomore year, year red shirt freshman, red shirt freshman year. year. Um, so take me through the rest of like the a college experience, like a Division one college football experience, meetings, lifts, walkthroughs, films, practice, preparation for games, all that crap. Take me through it. Um, 
so like my red shirt, my red shirt year was like, well, my true freshman year when I did red shirt, I was like, you know, obviously we were, we were all like off, like all the time. So right. like we did everything the rest of the team did except on Saturdays when they traveled, unless right. it was a home game, which yep. we played at Gillette. So we, you know, if it was a home game at Gillette, we'd go, but if they were away, I'm going to interject just for a sec because Gillette and my Patriots like radar pinged. What was it? <laughs> oh God! Here. Did you did you like playing at Gillette? I obviously. Hated it. Okay, you hated it from the fact that it was you had to drive like an hour from campus. You had or two, uh, two and a half hours away. Two and excuse me, two and a half hours or or was that like the buses? Mix? So so like a home game, but didn't feel like a home game. No, not at all. But and we a, stayed in a hotel the night before. You were on a field that Tom Brady played on, though. Did that ever? Did I would have been like. I would have been geeking. I, I, mean, I would have been I just, geeking out. The I remember like <laughs> the Super it actually Bowl taught banners. me like how to not be like starstruck when I see like the only two people I still be starstruck to this day are like Post Malone <laughs> and right, like Luke Holmes because those guys are like the man, <laughs> the boys. But like I remember when I was walking in the first time we ever walked into the stadium when I was a freshman. Brady, Edelman, Gronk, they're all walking by because they had practice. And I, it was there I would have shit myself. And Brady stops and he's like talking to, to, to Whipple and like a couple of the old like seniors, like Taj and, and whatnot. Like, and he plays for the Titans now, Taj? Yeah, Taj plays for the, I think. And then um, he's like, or no, did he get, didn't he get, uh, I don't know, whatever. Sorry. So he goes, he's sitting there, he's talking to him and whatnot. And like Edelman said something to somebody and, um, I'm like, Oh my God, is that? And one of the, one of the seniors that was next to me just kind of hits me and he goes, yo, chill out. Like, shut up. Stop. Be cool. Yeah. Like act like you've been here, you idiot. And I was like, Oh, all right. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah, so. no, I get what it was. I, but, but man, for me, if I was playing on the field, looked up, saw those Super Bowl banners, oh, I would have yeah. been like, what is happening? But it was dope. Like, Obviously, I liked going to your games and stuff, but every time there was a game at Gillette, I was like, Mr. Blake, Kevin, like, I will definitely go. <laughs> like, yeah. let me know. Um, anyway, sorry. So, go back to everything. What we were talking about. <laughs> That's my fault. Damn it, Kurt. Damn it, Kurt. Um, talking about um, just like the, like you're a day in the life. When oh, you... yeah. Uh, I mean, everything – I, rem- I remember one of my one of these kids that was a senior and I was a sophomore coming back from from college uh, in in high school I'm talking about now he was like you know everything you think of in in college like what you see in like the movies like Blue Mountain State um, American Pie it's true like whatever you see like it's true that's how college life is and it's like yep. and you have to get used to it because you have to find a happy medium like yes it's a four year vacation for adolescent kids who are really not supposed to be doing it's like a social experiment honestly it's like the dumbest thing but at the same time like i just remember like thinking oh my god do i want to just fully commit to having football all the time and at at umass like yeah sure we weren't that good but we i had a strength coach from um usc south carolina when they were like number four when Clowney played for them and he he literally he used to tell us all the time, like no other team worked harder than us, than like any other team that he ever like coached, and it was just a day in the life, like a regular Tuesday. Wake up at five o'clock in the morning, six a.m. lift, or wake up at five, five fifteen treatment, which you know go see the the trainers and whatnot, get taped if you need to for a lift, and then six o'clock lift. Um. 
then go to, you know, get out, get dressed, take a shower or whatnot, um, get more treatment if you have to, then go to class from whatever, from 8.30, 9 o'clock till 2 o'clock. Did they check up on you in oh, class? Yeah. Yeah, they used to, they used to just, too. like, walk into the Make sure you were in there. And um, we had to take, like, pictures and so. show that they were that we were in there or something. And then, um, you know, like, 3.15 was, was team meeting. And, like, Whip was a – he was an NFL co- – like, he coached Big Ben when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, so just so, for all you football people who don't know who Big Ben is, it's Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. the quarterback of the Steelers. Yeah, so, like, he coached them. So he followed, like, all of, like, the same shit that, you know, the NFL kind of did. Like, he it was, like – NFL team, regimen, right? Like, kind of type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he had, like – he had a NFL – Background. Back, background. Well, background, but at the same time, he had his whole playbook was, like – NFL related. Like, well, remember know. UMass from a offensive standpoint, and I know Whip is your your head coach, but I mean, if he was your offensive coordinator, he, you guys put up points. Oh yeah, you guys put up mm-hmm. points. Your defense couldn't stop anybody, no, but your offense was legit. I remember you would lose games like fifty six to forty nine or something. I'm like yeah. Jesus. So, you know, at at three fifteen we'd have a team meeting, and or before that, if you had to get more treatment. You know, you have to take care of your body. So you're there from 2 o'clock till 3.15 getting ready, getting taped for practice and everything. Because in, in in high school, it's not the same as it is in college. Like, every practice in college in the NFL is like, you need to get taped 100% to go 100 miles an hour every single play. Like, there's no, Yeah, from you know, a pure speed standpoint, everything's, everything's 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we you, you get up, go to the team meeting. Then right after that, it would be special teams meetings. And then right after that, it'd be positional meetings. So then you go into your, you know, your your coach's room. You sit there and you watch film for about an hour. After that, they give you about, you know, we'd be in we'd be in like lowers, like just our, our pants, our pants and like knee braces, and and Lyman every single day we wore knee braces, which sucked. And had to they, though, had to. right? I mean, yeah, yeah, but and then the coaches would be like. All right, five minutes. You got five minutes to put your cleats, get taped, uh, put your helmet and shoulder pads and jersey on, and then be out on the field for for flex. We call it flex, but it mm-hmm. was just like stretch, stretch, basically. Yeah. And you know, be at practice for two and a half, three hours until you know seven, seven thirty. Then right after that, you got study hall until ten o'clock. Did it, were there ever times where you were like, "Damn, I am worn down"? Like, did it wear you? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. a lot. That is a lot. Every single, like, not every day, but, you know, pretty much every day. That's a, that's asking a lot of kids who are anywhere from 18 to 23. Like, it's a, it's like a full-time job. It's, I mean, it's, it definitely taught me, like, a lot. I mean, it just, it was just, like, one of those things. Like, when we, when I started, like, when I was starting and, like, playing, playing, like, all the time. Like, yep. taking every rep on offense. The, a game week was, like went by so fast and by my junior year it was like i wasn't even thinking like oh gotta get up at 6 a.m like you're just like a robot yeah and like now to me like sleep sleep is it just <laughs> it's not sleep it's, when i'm dead yeah like i can sleep when i'm dead like it's just it's not a thing that you like really think about like you're just constantly going and going and going and like i don't know the, uh, like the day the day before games like you got treated like royalty like yeah. you'd go, we'd go to, you know, for some reason, Whip loved um, the Marriott. And I think our school might have had a deal with them or something. Yep. And we would go out 
and we'd be sitting at the Marriott and you'd have like the biggest spread of food that you could ever think of for like 120 football players. And it would just be like the nicest, like high class kind of food. You'd sit there and just eat like in the morning on Fridays, you get up, you go to the facility, you have like a, like a, a day before the game kind of like lift. And it was just like more of like a stretch kind of thing. And then if it was an away game, you'd go up to the go up to the lounge, the players' lounge. Yep. You get food. Um, then you go back for meetings. And then when you got on the bus after you got all your stuff, they'd give you like a bag of like like a sandwich and like snacks. And then our bus from the facility to the airport was police. I don't know. It, no, it was like it was like forty minutes. So like bet- between us having breakfast and the snacks, we go to the airport and then Chick Fil A was just sitting on the on the runway. Chick Fil A, yeah. Oh, and and we we you you can grab like two or three sandwiches with like chicken nuggets, um, oh chips, God. cookies, and like all of the Powerade that you could ever think of. The linemen just must have been in heaven. Oh yeah, linemen were like, let's dig in. Go on the plane, eat all that, land. Right from landing, we'd go to a like a high school field and like have a walkthrough. Yep. And then after that, we'd go straight to the to the hotel, eat again. So like lunch or whatever, which was like always like clam chowder with like whatever kind of sandwich spread you can think of. Yeah. And then, you know, you get like three hours rest or whatever. And then you go eat a dinner, which was literally like anything you think of, like steak, chicken parm. So what I'm getting out of this is you guys ate a lot. Oh, yeah. We ate so much. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then we'd have meetings for like an hour and then at 10 o'clock we'd have snack which was Holy snack time it, it was literally snack time and it was just like chicken quesadillas pb and j sandwiches tuna sandwiches um like ice cream and milkshakes the pb and j hits different it was like it, it 10, was unreal and so then in the morning you know the day of the game they'd be like all right well here's unseasoned chicken and collard greens with broccoli and it was just like all right this is terrible unseasoned i mean chicken. That, the day of the games, like usually we played in the in the south, so it was yeah. so hot that you kind of needed all that. This wasn't something I said we we're going to talk about, but like UMass played some ridiculous games. Like they played some unbelievable places. You were out in BYU. You played at Hawaii. You played at Florida. You played at Georgia. You played at. Did you play at Penn State? At Penn State? Or am I dreaming? Uh, no, it was my true freshman year. Okay, what was what was the craziest place you ever played at so i know i, I told you i i sent jake questions i was gonna ask him but i didn't put this on <laughs> no there. I, I mean it's just it's like hard to think about just because like i could say you know we literally my my the first year i started which was my red shirt sophomore year yep um my first game that i basically ever played in was at the swamp at florida. florida university i remember and watching it this is when they were like they had this guy i think his name was Caleb Brantley, and he was gonna be in the top, you know, ten picks of the draft. But then he he messed up and did some stupid, stupid off of the off the stupid. field. And I just remember I was like, I, I walked out onto the field, and there's there's like when when you watch the SEC, they you always hear like the SEC network. Yep. It's just different. Yeah, it really is like just different. <laughs> oh it, like you, there's no explanation for. It. I remember. Going on the buses in the way to the stadium, there's literally like three year olds and four year olds like flicking off the buses and gator chomping us. Oh and I was just God. like, this is insane. And 
the first play, I'm pretty sure I went the wrong way because there was a, I mean, there's a hundred thousand people, and way but, bigger than NFL stadiums. Like they, way bigger. Yeah. yeah, they make the NFL look puny. Yeah. Like think about Gillette. Gillette holds like sixty-five. Yeah, I don't know, not a ton. And I mean, I literally my first game I ever played in college was in front of a hundred and one thousand people, filled to the brim, filled to the brim, because it was the first game of the year for both teams. Dude, it must have been hot. It was. It was hot, but it was kind of raining, so that All wasn't right. that big of a deal. Honestly, after the first four or five plays, I was like, I was just walking out on the field, like I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like you guys were in booze. that game for a while, right? Yeah, we lost twenty-one to ten. Super, like super, super competitive game. Um, it was, but so, how long were you a captain for? Two years, one year, at you, UMass. No, I was – I mean, I was a co-captain. Okay. Whatever. So, like, yeah, it was – I was just like – I don't know. I just feel like you were – I don't know. Some – being your friend in high school and being your friend in college, you matured a lot in college and oh, stuff. thanks. Yeah, no, no problem, Jake. <laughs> um, but – so, it gets you prepared for the end of senior year. And you got to start thinking about what's next. So, did you have it in your, in your mind that you were going to try – to see where this football thing could take you? Did you make your mind up that you wanted to just go into the workforce? or what, t- Take me through that. Did you think there was a shot at the NFL? I mean... Elephant in the room. I literally, oh, I, literally, I literally wrote this down. I was like, I, I, think, I think you and you and everyone else would be the first to, to say that when I got nervous, like, I got nervous. Yeah. And, like, there's a, there's a reason there's a saying in Granby football called the bear blast. <laughs> and, and yours truly is the reasoning behind that. And before every game in high school, and even in college, in college it was bigger because every practice was harder than a high school game. Right. So every practice in college, every game in college, I was yakking. Yakking. And I was just – I mean, it's gross, but I, I would get so nervous because every game I knew how much it meant to me. Yep. So I would literally just, uh, I would just knew that I had to, I had to go like balls to the wall every single yep, play. Go show out. And I don't know, like the at the end of my senior year, I was kind of, I was kind of nervous to just kind of jump the gun, and like I started getting calls from like agents. I started, you know, all the coaches were telling me like, you know, these these coaches from the NFL are trying to contact you and get your info and shit. And I was just like, all right, like, I guess I might as well. And it, like, I, I think it was more of a thing that I believed I could do it, but I needed somebody to be like, you know, just go do it. Like, just go try it. And like all my friends from college were, they were, they were awesome about it. They were, they were all like, dude, like they, they only call me Largate. They're just Largate. Just go do it, man. Like you're like, just, you have a shot. You know what I mean? Just go like. I remember Steve and I were saying the same thing. I'm like, dude, like, you can do it. Like, please don't just pack it in. So, you end up going with an agent, right? You had an agent. Yeah, I had. Well, I mean, that was that's like one of those things where everybody thinks like having an agent is like this big deal, and it was like I literally like I chose him and signed the paperwork, and it that's just not like it yeah doesn't really have anything to do with it. So, the NFL draft happens. Don't get picked. I don't know if you were expecting to or not. No. But no, yeah, I remember no. I was kind of gassing you up and you were like, dude, like, it's not going to happen here probably, but like, we'll see what happens after the draft. Because after the NFL draft, for those of you guys who don't know, 
is like this period where like un, they're called like undrafted free agents where they can either sign with a team or whatever, or you can get offered like a tryout or whatever it is. So I don't know, dude. What was it like a week after the draft? It was like some some time passed and everyone's like, was, oh shit. Like, no, it was April thirty. It was Steve's birthday. I know it was Steve's we birthday. Were, we were, it was April thirtieth, and it was literally a year ago, nine days ago, and. <laughs> I just remember I got the calls in CVS and I was getting Steve a card for his birthday at dinner. And I was, you know, my agent had told me since, since the draft ended on Saturday, he was like, if you're going to get a free agency or you're going to get a camp invite, it's going to be on Sunday or Monday after Monday lights out. That's pretty much it. But right. That's what, every, so, so you didn't get it. And everyone's so I, like, damn, I know. And I was, I was like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I just wanted a shot, like anything. Yep. And so, I'm sitting in the CVS parking lot, obviously kind of mopey, and I see my agent calling, and I'm like, oh, he's just calling me to check, because he had called a couple times to check to see if I had gotten any calls. Yep. So I picked it up, and he's like, hey, good news. And I was like, what? And he goes, you know, ATL called. They want you to come out there. And I was like, no way. <laughs> so I remember I was like, I was ecstatic. I, I went home, and my uncle had, you know, they were all prepared for me to – I knew it wasn't going to happen, but they were all like, you're going to get drafted. Blah, blah, blah. And we went out and got every hat. Yeah, every single hat that you could find <laughs> of the NFL. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, It was nice of them to do that. But I just, I was just kind of worried that nothing was going to happen. So I didn't, right. I didn't want like it to be that big of a deal. So I go down. I get the, the Falcons hat. And so I came up. I, I came upstairs and my uncle and uh, one of his one of his buddies are there and I'm like hey what are you doing and I never wore hats at the time and my how things have changed yeah I don't know I only do but <laughs> I put the the Falcons hat on I'm like hey how you doing and he comes looks at me like hey what's up and I was like nothing much just uh just hanging out and I like, kind of tilted my my head down to like the the Falcons thing and he goes what what's what and I was like kind of looked at him like yeah and he goes no way no way oh my god and so this happened at one o'clock steve's birthday dinner was at like six yeah so for like five hours i'm trying not to tell my mom yeah my i told my dad and he was like i was like don't tell anyone i want it to be a surprise for steve like because and i you know i gave steve his card and i was sitting next to you at- yeah we're at rancho we're at a mexican restaurant <laughs> shout out rancho by the way we're at a mexican ranch restaurant in granby huge table like there are mad people at this table for steve's birthday and so yeah you hand steve the card and what you tell the rest of the story i'll mess it up <laughs> i handed i handed him the card and i remember i wrote like hey like happy birthday and you know something along the lines of like um i hope all of your dreams come true mine didn't lol about like football and yep. whatever and he just his face got kind of red and at the bottom it said flip the card over and i said I'm, I'm I'm going to ATL. I've got to try out with the Falcons, and he he just he was like, yeah, all right. And I looked at him and I I turned and I put the hel- the hat on, and and I looked at Kurt and Kurt just goes, no way. And I go, yep. And he goes, oh my. He literally whips. Out. I don't even know how you had it. You whipped out your computer. I sprinted to my car. <laughs> I got my computer. I made like I went out to like Photoshop. <laughs> Photoshopped a picture of Jake uh, from like his UMass days into like a red and white thing for the Falcons. Put it up on the Granby Twitter, which I used to run. And that thing went like, for Granby Twitter, that thing went like viral. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, then, you know, I went there. Obviously, it didn't work out. No, but let's, I want to talk about that for one sec. So, 
this might get kind of nerdy for those of you people who you know don't love football or don't really want to talk about the game. But for Atlanta, weren't they like this outside zone run scheme where it was like yeah, it, it was, was it was really weird. It was weird. Like so, like I said before, like with like my my college coach was like very NFL oriented, and he was just all of our plays were basically along the same lines. Yep. So I went in there and like the, you know, I was, I was one of the, the lower, you know, on the, on the depth chart kind of guys. Like yeah, the Falcons picked up like two tackles and during the two, draft, they had two first round picks and there was a yeah. guard and a tackle picked. Right. So it was like, all right, like I didn't really have that much of a shot from the get go, but like, I mean, they, the playbook, I kind of picked up pretty, pretty quick. Cause it was just literally that like, there were some plays that were the same exact, calls yeah. as they were in college from football. a literature language standpoint yeah. because whips offense was so complex for mm-hmm. college probably didn't feel like that big of an adjustment no. but i'm like speaking from like your strengths and watching you play the outside zone run stuff just was seemed stupid it, like it was just it was one of those things where like they literally everything i was taught in college was like keep your keep your knees inside your heels you get all your power on there short choppy steps keep your feet moving I get like in the NFL, it's like it's so much faster. It definitely yeah. is. Yeah. But at the same time, this was like they literally didn't want you to have any form. They just wanted you to run from side to side, sprint right. Like, you sprint were sprinting as fast as you could. Yeah. Like there's no like getting off the ball and like trying to use your leverage and whatnot. It was just sprint to the right and to the left. <laughs> and it was just, just like student body left yeah, and right. And, and like obviously it worked for them, but like I just it just was. I, they put me at tackle. I played guard. Right, you know, like I know, not I know the difference, but I know it didn't work out for you in Atlanta. It bothers me you didn't get another shot because I know you can play. I know, I I know you could have played in the NFL, but um, at least I was really, really happy for you in the fact that you got a shot. So I always tell guys when I coach, like, don't have any regrets. I feel like at least you don't have a. Reg- I mean, yes, it would you would like to see it go further, but you don't have a regret. You got a chance, like. Nah. I would do it all over again. Right, 100%. Um, so, I don't know. That's just still so cool to me. Like, I feel like I was geeking out more on you. Or I was like, dude, my best friend's going to try out the Falcons. I was telling anybody who would listen to me. And people who didn't want to listen to me, I'd tell them to. But, no, that was super, super cool. And I, you know, it didn't work out. You come back to Granby. Um, and we, Steve and I, somehow convinced you to come on and coach with us at the high school. Um, so I this last season, I had, like, you know, helped out with the football team and stuff, like I told you guys in episode one. But I wasn't doing, you know, anything of, like, huge substance the first couple of years and then had to take a little bit of time off from a job standpoint at work um, at UConn because there were recruiting rules and compliance issues, so I couldn't coach. And then last year, I really got a chance to dive in head first into this whole coaching thing. And I took it really seriously. Um, but it was so much fun for me because the head coach is great. And then I had Jake and Steve. So two of my best friends, you know, back in the mix at Granby and we were, we were coaching these kids and it was supposed to be a good year. You know, the senior class was super strong. We ended up merging with our rivals Canton. So we had way more kids. The Canton kids who came out were phenomenal. And they were kids that was like, you know, if you're going to make this sacrifice to, Drive 30 minutes of practice every day. You got to be invested into football. So these kids who came over from Canton were way were football players. So you have a bigger program. I'm coaching with some of my best buddies. 
I want to know what it was like for you, Jake, to take the player hat off and start kind of coaching. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, the the NFL is, like, everybody's dream. <laughs> like, my whole life, like I said about how, how I was nervous, I think the first time in my life walking out on the field, I wasn't nervous because I knew I was like, this is what I had been waiting for. So I wasn't nervous at all. I just went out there and balled out. And it was still the best football that I've ever played. That being said, like after it ended, I think you guys reaching out and asking me to coach, like it definitely helped me like cope with the fact that I wasn't going to be able to play anymore. And I wasn't, I was I didn't get as nervous to coach. You know what I mean? Like it was right. a bunch of 16, 17 year olds. And I mean, as much as, as much as those kids like drive me nuts and like, I like, I, I love those kids. They're awesome. Like yeah. there's so much fun to be around and, and it's like so like rewarding. And to like, I still talk to my college coach. Yeah. I mean, if you have a good coach, you're going to come back and talk to them because they make a big impact on your life. Huge you impact on your life. Huge. And so like just seeing, you know, coming back and coaching with you guys, obviously awesome getting to coach with my two buddies and then, seeing the strides like coming back seeing yeah. the strides that Grabby has taken to get bigger and bigger and make football more of a a, a town kind of thing right it was just it was just so cool to like to see like the new coaching stat like when we played our our coaching was like i yeah ho- hopefully these guys don't hear this our coaching like was trash my sophomore year rich was a good coach yep um he knew a little bit about football we well what was hard too like when we started when we were in high school like there were like four coaches for their whole team. But like this last year, we had like nine or 10 coaches where you can like really focus in on a position group. You can work with kids one-on-one. You can do this stuff and take the time, allocate the time to try to make them better football players, which we we we, we were not given that opportunity as kids like when we were playing freshman, sophomore year. Um, so I know exactly what you're saying. And like you said, it was so rewarding was a great word, Jake, because – Coming back to the program that, you know, we kind of helped build. It was really cool to see that. You're welcome. It was kind (laughs) of cool to see that, you know, the den is what we call it because we're the Bears. But it was filled. Like, Friday Night Lights was a thing in Granby. And this is absolutely no disrespect to soccer or any other sport. But, like, you, from a fan perspective, like, football games is when people came out. Like, people came out, filled the stands. Lined up on the other side. It was just a really, really cool thing to see because for a long time in Granby, it was not – that was not how it was. Um, we had to fight. Like, Jen Rome, um, Rose Stone, I think it was Candace Spurlock back in the day, three moms of players in the high school who had to fight and the fight. The molders and, of Granby Yeah, football. had to fight and fight and fight to get uh, – with the board uh, board of education i think it was to just try to get a program like we have kids who want to play give them the chance and i'm going to go off on a tangent uh, jen no, rome hero absolutely like like should be in the granby football hall of fame and should be at the head yeah. of the jen rome thing. is a hero she's um, a hero when, along with jackson <laughs> yeah yeah jackson's her son who played quarterback last year absolute stud but you know granby before 2008 2009 whatever it was when jen and rose and candace were kind of going through this um there there was some serious backlash people did not want a football program in town um they they thought it was violent we had the older folks in town i know the older folks in town were absolutely against it 
Um, and finally, the board kind of caved and was like, fine, you can have a program, but you're 100% self-funded. You're not getting help from school. You're pay- all the kids are paying for their own stuff. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, I mean, it has changed since then. Football has started to be adopted into the school. But at the beginning, I remember when I played, I'm going to get the number wrong. But it was like six hundred dollars mm-hmm. or something to play football in Granby, compared to the fifty dollar or seventy five dollar whatever whatever it was pay to play. So you're if you wanted to play, you're going to fork over some serious money to to play football. And you know, Jake, I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything, but when I talk to people about football, especially people who might not think the game is like safe or like towns who don't want to build a program or who are trying to build a program but they're dealing with all these doubters and stuff. Um, I always tell them that like the rewards and the life lessons that I learned on a football field were so different than the ones that I learned on the basketball court or the baseball field. And for me, football is like so much more than like X's and O's. It's so much more than touchdowns and interceptions. It's so much more than big hits and wins and losses. It's, it's a game where I learned so many valuable life lessons. Like I learned how to be accountable. You can't win a football game by yourself. You can go one-on-one in basketball and do a damn good job and win a game for your team. You can't do that in football. It's 11 as one when you're on the field. You might have 10 guys on the field who are doing the exact right thing, but you might have one guy who's freelancing and doing whatever whatever he wants to do, and the whole play backfires. So what is a life lesson that the game has taught you? Um, Sorry. I, think, I think the biggest one would just be like, And there's obviously endless amounts of life lessons. I've always said, like, football is one of the kinds of games, like, everybody says, oh, this builds character, this builds... Football reveals character. Yeah. I'm a big believer in, like, the character's already there. Like, your parents, however you you were brought up, like, whatever, it reveals what kind of person you are when no one's looking. You can't build that kind of thing. That That being said, like, I think the biggest one for me was just being relentless. Yep. In everything you do. Like you talk like I listened to your, your your last podcast, obviously. You're talking about like having the killer mentality. I don't have Michael Jordan killer mentality. <laughs> you if don't? I did if I did, I would, you know, be one of the greatest to ever have played <laughs> a game. But and like like Tom Brady, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Like they had the mob of mentality, the killer mentality. And football taught me to just especially in especially in college was just absolute just relentless like no matter what get up again and do it again and yep. you can always do it better like it taught me like even when you've gave, given a hundred percent you can always get 40 percent more yep there's all like when you're literally about to die and you think that you know you're this is it and like you know you're doing those stair drills or you know running or something and you feel like your legs are about to give out that's literally your mind just being like, just be weak, just be weak and give up. Like you, there's always that little yeah, more that you, can that, you could, that you can give and just push past and be like, nah, you can do this. Yeah. I, going back to my accountability thing, like, you know, I learned, well, people who are friends with me know, like I'm kind of OCD, like I'm very type A, I got to be, be at the place early and stuff. I learned that from football, like going back to the accountability thing. If you're not early, you're late. And that member, you know, Lombardi time. Yeah, seriously, (laughs) you got to get there 15 minutes early, and that's on time because you got to get – people have this thing like practice starts at 1. It's like, no, you don't show up at 1. You don't put 20 – take 20 minutes to get taped and put your pads on and stuff. It's like you're on the field at 1. You're ready to go. You're stretching. Um, So, the you know, if you're – that whole thing. And then I feel like for me, 
football you have to be so committed to because of like the value of practice. So uh, again, soccer, field hockey, lacrosse, basketball, baseball, in high school I'm talking. You well at college too. You play so many more games than you do in football. So I mean high school you play 20 games in other sports. You play 10 in football. That is all you are guaranteed. And you start the 1st in August and you end in December. It is the longest season with the fewest games. So you have to be committed to practice. Like the whole thing about practice makes perfect. Like practice is so valuable in football. And if you just sit there and kind of just jerk around and be like idiots, you're not going to, you have to put the time in and practice because it is so valuable um, to get right for game day. And the last thing that I kind of learned is like, there's no shortcuts. There's, you can't take shortcuts. You can't just hop in the weight room one day and expect to, to be left to be benching two seventy five. I, I I always like even coaching this year, I would always like interject and say like, listen, everyone always says practice makes perfect. That is just not. It's not true. Yep. Perfect practice makes perfect play. You you can't practice. 50% and then expect to go out on game day and be a hundred percent. Like that's just, right. I mean, that's, so, it's kind of cliche, but it, it it's so true. Like you don't do something half-assed at one time and then expect to be perfect when you go out there and just actually want to perform and like compete. Um, all right. We've been, we've been chit chatting for a while here. Um, but I want to end with like just two more, two more quick questions. So if you are lucky enough to be a father, and you have a boy. Are you going to let your son play football? Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> as a lineman, like in college, me and all my buddies like had this had this kind of saying. I think it was my buddy Prev. Um, he 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 always used to say, "I will never let my son if he wants to play football. Like I don't care what sport they play. I just love sports. Like I love competition." Yep. I, he would always say, I will never let my son put his hand in the dirt. And meaning, like, you'll never be a lineman. Right. Like, they don't call it the trenches for nothing. And that's that's an exaggeration. I'm not saying it's actually, like, wartime, like, not knocking the military. Man, I, I know what you're, I know what you're saying, but like, damn. The, it is, like, they call it the trenches. It's, like, gnarly. And it's the most unforgiving part of any given football game. Like, there is... Like my hands don't look like they do for 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 no reason. Like my hands are messed up. Yeah, like, I remember in high school, you came back to the huddle, and I don't know if it was your pinky finger, one of your fingers, dude, was like completely the wrong way, and you're just standing in the huddle, like looking at it. And I saw it, and I was like, dude, get off the field. You like just snapped it back into place. <laughs> you linemen have a different mentality. Like you guys are crazy sons of bitches. I mean, uh, that's was like it's just. It's one of those things where unless you're unless you're JJ Watt, Aaron Donald getting 21 sacks a year, right. no one cares to watch. Like, yeah, no yeah. one cares about the line anyways. Yeah. So like all offensive linemen, like you you won't find a tighter knit group of guys than offensive line rooms and defensive line rooms because they actually like you say like you know ten people playing one person is doing the wrong thing the whole you know the whole play goes to kaput in. If if that starts off with the lineman, there's your quarterbacks getting screwed, your running backs getting screwed, wide receivers aren't getting the ball. Like it just it starts it starts at the line of scrimmage, and obviously I'm biased because I've been a lineman my whole life. Yep. But I mean, it's just one of those things where like I wouldn't want my son to I don't know 
what I went through isn't, it's not like it's that bad, but like, I wouldn't want my son to, to be as beat up as like I am right now at, 20, yeah. at the age of 24. I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a walking seven year old man. Like no. it's just, yeah, no, I know. I've, but I feel like the game has, well, I can't speak to Lyman stuff, but I feel like the game has taken strides to try to make it more safe. I feel like, you know, I think back to the helmets that I used to wear in youth and it was like a you talk about a plastic shell that's all it was with a piece of leather in it yeah and people used to I mean this is not making fun of my youth coaches because nobody knew better at the time but I remember when I was playing defensive end I my coach was like Kurt put your head down and put it into the guy's chest and I was like okay so I, you would you'd be flying at the guy put your head down put your neck down and th- that's how you hit people with the crown of your head Obviously, today that is so frowned upon. It is it's a penalty. Um, they're trying to make the game safer. They have like target hit zones where they don't want you going for the head. You can't hit defenseless players. All that stuff. Um, blindside blocks. Trying to make plays where you know they see a lot of injuries happen. Trying to eliminate them. Trying to make them more safe. I agree with you, Jake. I've joked with many of my friends that like <laughs> the day my baby comes out. They're getting a football. <laughs> That's the first thing they're going to hold. But like, I hope he plays football. Uh, be, I mean, I I'd know. love to be there for it, but I just I want him to be a I want him to be a pretty boy. Yeah, I want him to just be, be a quarterback, like a, yeah. a quarterback or a wide receiver. You saw what I did at practice. I was like, oh, I'll yeah, look at coverage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go throw. But all right, last thing. All right, I kind of talked about earlier my advice about like watching film. I can't recommend it enough. Like, watch as much film as you possibly can. Like I said, kids have no idea how lucky they are to have that at their fingertips now um you know f- huddle and film can take you so many places it is li- literally giving you the answers to the test so if you go i mean there will be wrinkles and stuff but if you can know your opponent and know how if you're a wide receiver know the kind of off coverage your the uh cornerback plays or know if you know if they get in the third and long they go to cover three if you can do that kind of stuff and the coaches know that and you know that it's just going to make you that much better on game day and my last piece of advice would just be be coachable. Be able to take instruction. Be able to take constructive criticism. And it is going to make you that much better of a player and that much better of a man. So, Jake, finish us off. One piece of advice for kids playing in high school right now. Maybe maybe a couple, not one. Yeah, but... lay it on me. <laughs> I mean, if you like you said it before, ask any football player at any level. Ask Brady. Ask Julio. Ask any of those. We don't talk about Tom Brady anymore. We don't talk about <laughs> Um, like there is nothing in this world like high school football. The like we wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for high school football. No, my sir. friends that I made in high school football are still some of the best friends. Like they'll all yep. be in my wedding. Yep. Those are the yep. We always talk about. We it. always talk about like you will have those kids in your life if you want for the for the rest of your life. And obviously, like we've created relationships where I obviously want my my buddies from high school around all the time. And, like, with practices, like, yes, take it day by day. Like, I know it's a long season and it, and, it, and it sucks. You can't come out every single day and have the greatest practice for your life. But my coach from college, Coach Walker, told us this one thing about that Deion Sanders used to do when he played at FSU. Obviously, it's Deion Sanders. He knew he was going to the NFL. Right. And in places like that, coaches from the NFL constantly come to practices for seniors and watch watch you practice because you want to see how you practice. If he messed up, he used to have this saying where he'd be like, he just clap his hands twice and say, "All right, money on the hill," and like money on the hill literally meant 
the coaches that were watching him practice all the way up there were on the were on the hill watching him. Yeah. And he knew if he could practice better and better and better and play better and better and better, he was going to get drafted higher and higher. Yep. And I like to me Money one of those things hill. like don't worry about all that all that next the next step stuff in the in the college that'll come if it's meant for you. Yeah. If it's meant for you. It's not meant for everybody. Yeah. Sure. But Money day on the day. hill. Money on the hill. Just, just day take by it day, day by day and just keep grinding at it. You just got to keep going. That's awesome. That's really awesome, Jake. Um, I, I'm so excited you came on. I remember when I told you that I was starting this idea of a podcast. I said that I wanted to have you on. I could talk about experiences that you know so many people haven't had the chance to get. But this was how long do you think we've been talking for? How long? Did <laughs> I'd say about an hour. Hour twenty. We really almost. I, well, I remember when you first when you first told me you were kind of like hesitant because I think you thought I was going to like tease you for it. And I was like, dude, I literally couldn't think of a better person in my life than you to have a podcast. And I was actually really excited when you, and I, to me, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to listen. And then you asked me to be on it. I was like, why? Like, what is the second point? guest ever? <laughs> no people. I mean, I think people, they like hearing stories and stuff and you got a good one. So thanks for coming on. Thanks I for having me, man. I appreciate it. Very, very welcome. All right, guys, pretty good stuff right there with my man, Jake. Um, I thank you all for listening again to the second episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope When this gets posted or whatever, on whatever media platform you're listening to or whatever social site that I post it to, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, leave me a comment. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Um, let me know some topics you might want us to cover going forward in the future. All that stuff is really important information for me. I, I want to make this enjoyable for you guys. So anything that you guys think will make it that much more enjoyable, drop a comment, let me know. Thank you guys again for listening and I'll catch you next time on Playing the Field. Talking swords and always know the truth.